three, two, one, and hey, it's Cam, the young hairless monkey says as he hits record on his podcast and utilizes the first few seconds to fill the void with a series of empty words that are just stepping stones to the final conclusion, which is you don't have to know how it's going to work out to know that it will. Sometimes the first five words are only there as stepping stones to the sixth, and that is what the process is all about, finding your footing, adapting to the terrain that you find beneath your feet, making the best decision you can with what you've got, and when you know better, you can do better. Welcome back to another episode of This Might Be Helpful, and I sincerely hope that it is. As always, we will see. It's been some time since I was on the decks by myself. I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your presence. And let's take a moment to cultivate some more of that presence. Right now, I would like you to say to yourself what the date is, where you are, and what the time is. Bring our energy out of the familiar past, out of the predictable future, right to where our feet are, which is where everything happens. The present moment is where we plant all of our seeds for the future. It is where we make all of the decisions that alter the trajectory of that future. And no amount of anxiety is going to change the future, just like no amount of regret will change the past. And there comes a time when it is up to us to execute we shouldn't be allowing our information to outpace execution. We get the information and we implement the information. And that is about making decisions, which is a challenging thing at times. I know myself that if I'm in a state of overthinking, that is the death of my momentum because momentum requires progress and progress requires us to decide, act, and evaluate and when it comes to that decision and how quickly we execute that decision, decisions with a potential for high impact and decisions that have low reversibility, meaning you can't go back on it, those are the decisions that we take a little more time with. We consult ourselves, we consult our mentors, we might consult our friends, we might sit and think and deliberate and ponder and that allows us to make the best decision that we can. But for most of the decisions in our days, those, those little micro decisions, it's about decide, act, adjust. Decide, act, adjust. If we can value decision speed over decision precision, that speed will lead to precision because quantity will lead to quality. The progress will make progress, and that progress is momentum. So... I'm going to take a moment and recalibrate myself so that we can more accurately uh, guide the trajectory of this episode. Because as I said, it's been a little while since I've been on the decks by myself because it's been a, it's been a year. It has been a year for everybody. I began this year with no audience and no idea, and now I have an audience and still no idea, but I am enjoying the scenery. And I think that as long as you enjoy the scenery, as long as you are enjoying the little moments throughout your day, and you feel like you're on the right path, then you're on the right path. 
because we are met with the paradox of choice, this infinite, infinite information that can inhibit us from actually acting on things. And so kudos to you for making the decision to come here and be present with me. Take a moment and breathe in deeply through your nose. And out through your mouth. And as you do, let out a sigh. <sighs> let it go. Let's do that again. In. And let it go. <sighs> Relax the tension in your forehead. Relax the tension in your jaw. Drop your shoulders. Relax your chest. Relax your feet. Relax your muscles. And allow yourself to just be for a moment. You don't have to be doing anything. You don't have to be going anywhere. Uh, there's time for all of that later, but right now, let's be present. So I started this year off with no audience, and now there's like 430,000 people uh, following these ramblings in some form of another, and that is totally whack. We are in an era of infinite leverage. We are in an era of the generalist. The age of the generalist is upon us again, and that is exciting. Because the last era of the generalist, yeah, the last age of the generalist was the Renaissance. An explosion of creativity and culture and human understanding and innovation and connection and collaboration. And then we merged into the age of the specialist and that gave us molecular insights into the inner workings of the world around us. But the problem with specialization is that you go deep into the well and suddenly you have no field of view. You only see what's in front of you. Uh, throw in a little bit of consolidated ego to that mix and we have a generation of specialists that are very good at what they've specialized in, but we require a holistic approach to life. We require assistance and guidance and help and care that really pays respect and credence to the nuanced, interconnected, infinitely complex nature of our existence without getting bounced between different places, waiting on referrals and changing without any kind of directed change in the meantime. But this year, I'm going to do a little recap because this year I have had some growth. I've had some changes. I... I've had fleeting moments of crystalline clarity and certainly moments of catatonic dread. I've traveled around Australia from Northern Territory, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, went back to my home country of the United States of America, went to Montana, got deep back into my love for the rivers, fly fishing, river guiding, connecting with my inner child, getting dirty for the hell of it, connecting deeply with my childhood friends, when I was in the States, I proposed to my fiance and decided to move to the wildest place on earth, one of them at least, which is far north Queensland, Cairns. So I got back from the States, sold most of my stuff, packed the rest into a car, and we drove three and a half thousand kilometers up to the jungle. And then we arrived a couple weeks ago and we bought a house. So we have moved very quickly. We move into our house next week, which is extremely exciting because we haven't had a space to our own yet. And this is a massive game changer level up within our lives. 
And within this house, there is going to be a purpose-built content studio. And I'm going to be putting out more content than you could possibly know what to do with. You shouldn't have time to listen to all of the content I'm going to create, but I hope you do anyway, and I hope you find it helpful, and I hope that you are enjoying this ride with me. We are really at the infancy of all of this. This is the beginning of it all. And I say that because nothing is ever finished and everything is in a perpetual state of being started, but moving into this house and having a purpose-built room just for locking in, zoning in, and creating value is incredibly exciting going to be the studio of my dreams a little dojo and we will be creating this next chapter from a place of relative stability some spacious freedom and infinite potential buying a house was a crazy experience um i had to step into some more air quotes adult shoes so that i could navigate this and approach it with some semblance of confidence which that confidence wasn't there naturally I just have to consult the mentors consult all of the people in your life that have done this stuff before and listen to their feedback listen to their insights listen to their uh, criticisms but then at the end of the day you got to make your own decision you have to make your own decision and that is going to potentially upset some people it's going to offend people especially when they don't feel like they've been heard or that you've listened to them but the purpose of a good mentor, the purpose of a good guide is to A, protect you from their own influence and provide you with the information they think you need to make your own informed decisions from a place of relative independence. The market is competitive. We went to an open house, went to many open houses, but this was the only house that really stuck. We walked in and then immediately we thought this is a place that we would like to be in. And then you do a 10-minute open house inspection with 30 other people that are looking at plugging their dream into this domicile. And then you have to make a irreversible, life-changing decision based upon those 10 minutes. And so you walk away, put in an offer. We got it. And then a week later, I'm like, what did I even buy? I don't even remember what I saw because you only have 10 minutes. And I don't know what I'm looking at when it comes to houses. I don't. That's not an area of expertise for me. I'm not a builder, I'm not a tradie or a carpenter, but it all worked out and it was always working out. And sometimes when it feels like it isn't working out, that's when it's really working out because we wouldn't have actually gotten up here and bought this house unless a series of complications occurred that uh, really shook things up. Last year we were building a house down in Victoria and then the builder went bankrupt and took off with, uh, with the cash and we were left with a block of land and some plumbing. And that was, you know, disappointing at the time, but I knew, I knew, I felt deeply that because that happened, it was going to create more room for something better down the road. And that's what the process is about. The process is always at work and it's working at its best when it doesn't seem like it's working. When th things seem stressful and chaotic and uncertain, that is when potential is born. Within that chaos, there is potential where other people see problems. If you see potential, then that potential always exists. It makes you unbreakable, unfuckwithable. Because when the crazy happens, 
you can find your calm. You can find your collected state of equanimity and clarity and confidence that when the opportunity for a decision arises, you will make the best decision you can with what you have. You will greet all of these future moments in the now with all of the same skills and insights and ideas and capacity and capability that you have now. Place trust in yourself, place trust in the process, and understand that it is all working out. So, with the recap done and dusted, we can move forward and return to the familiar landscape of effervescent philosophy, questionable psychology, and healthy uncertainty. Yay! I wanted to talk briefly about rolling the bones, creating a life of freedom and fulfillment, creating a life that sets your heart on fire. Because we are in this age of the generalist, meaning diversification is key. The person that can explore their own curiosity and through that process amass a network of skills and ideas and insights and mentors and people within a network, then you will be able to put things together in a way that nobody else can because nobody else is you. Nobody else had your curiosity, your own little unique flavor of interfacing with the world. And when you are curious, whatever you're learning will stick in, right? Because you can learn things by rote, learn things because you think you have to, shove them into your brain. But when it's through the vessel of curiosity, it just sticks. Curiosity is a hack for gaining wisdom within the areas that you are interested in. People say, how do you know these things? How do you know the things that you talk about? It's only curiosity and leverage. My curiosity points me in a direction. I listen to it. I go in that direction. I create space and time to pursue that curiosity. And the rest of it is leverage. I'm leveraging the insights of Roman emperors that lived thousands of years ago, of Buddhist monks that decided to sit on top of a mountain for their entire lives. I'm leveraging the works of Professor Andrew Huberman and his colleagues at Stanford and his research team and the greater research community at large. I'm leveraging people within social media like Ryan Holiday or Dan Coe or Naval Ravikant or Tim Ferriss, people that through their own curiosity and their own unique tangential connections have been able to deliver value within the form of content that then I can go and leverage, that you can go and leverage. Hopefully you pick up something in today's podcast that you can go and leverage. It is a place of infinite leverage, of abundance, abundance being a quality rather than a quantity. It is operating from a place of collaboration rather than competition, abundance rather than scarcity. It is a celebration of what it means to create. This age of the generalist means that whatever you're interested in, whatever pathway you have in mind right now, whatever ideas you have, whatever, whatever vision is popping into your head, all of the resources and all of the conditions and all of the people exist to help you make that happen. There will be people that say that that's ridiculous, that you should just go the traditional route. You should go to college. You should make sure to get a well-paying job with good benefits. And those are all good pieces of insight, good pieces of feedback. However, if you are seeking validation for your ideas and your dreams within the eyes of pessimists and cynics and people that have settled, then you will not get the satisfaction or the validation that you seek because they simply don't have your vision. 
They have sight, which is seeing what is in front of them, but vision is seeing what things could be. And if you are gifted with vision, if you are gifted with the capacity to see what things could be, then know that you have also been gifted with the ability to turn that ethereal idea into something concrete, tangible, real, fulfilling. And I know that might seem like a lot, but all of the resources exist. The conditions exist. Nobody makes it alone. We are all leveraging each other's insights and we are really this amalgamation of human experience that everybody you come into contact with, every word you read, every video you watch is sinking into your mind in some format of another. And through that process of becoming the sum of everyone that you speak to and everyone that you listen to and all of the content that you consume, you get to engage in a form of mimicry, and through that mimicry, you actually develop your own authentic, organic flavor. We're all copycats. We are all copycats, and that's a good thing. It's how the human race has thrived, but through that process of, of mimicry, we end up finding our own voice. So if you don't know where to start, start by copying somebody else and you'll find that there are aspects of their processes that work really well for you and there are aspects that don't and you get to develop your own way of operating and that's really important that you recognize that that it's about finding your own way and that is a process of experimentation and trial and error and consistent experimentation i will say not trying something once but trying something several times because Anytime you try something for the first time, you're not going to get anywhere near the benefits of you know, your third or your fourth or your fifth time in. But the hustle culture and the hustle mentality, I think, is detracting from people's ability to be highly effective. Because if you think that you need to work for 12, 14 hours a day, then you are operating outside of the realm of uh, feasibility terms of how the brain and the body works and what i mean by that is that we have brains that are very good at focusing but not for very long and this is critical if you want to start your own business or you want to shift careers or you want to go deep in an area of learning that you can bring into what you're doing now is that it's normal for your motivation and your focus to drop later in the day take a heavy hit later in the day um, your brain can focus for about 90 minutes at a time. And I mean deep, non-distracted focus, uh, focused output rather than input. So knowing that you have 90 minutes at your disposal and you have roughly two of those segments a day, maybe three, you can kind of piece your day around that. Your brain is designed to do short bursts of focused output rather than an entire day of focused output. I know that my brain is at its functional best from around 8 a.m. until 12, about four hours there. That's when I can really hone in on things and maximize my output. And so I've formed my day around that. I try not to take any meetings during that time. I try not to get distracted or derailed in that time. I am ruthless about what is allowed in and what is allowed out during that time. That is my little window for me. And when I wake up, I do not press gas from the get-go because the engine needs to warm up. I wake up early so that I have the space to warm up gently. Think of yourself as a 1978 Toyota Land Cruiser. 
you flick on the choke, kick over the engine, let her warm up for a little bit. And once it's warm, it can go. It'll go forever. But you don't press gas from the get-go because the engine is not ready. So once I warm up gently and I nourish myself and I get my sunshine and I get my movement in and I write out some of my thoughts so that I can begin again without all of yesterday's tabs getting carried over into today, then it's time to go. I commit to at least, at least 1.5 hours of deep, non-distracted work per day. I decide ahead of time what I will be doing in that block, where I will be directing my attention during that time. I complete that to the best of my ability, and then I have a break. I go for a walk. I get some learning in. Maybe I pick up my book for a little while. Maybe I call a buddy. I make sure that there's some kind of stopgap in there that creates more creative spaciousness and nourishment, and I can recalibrate. And then I'll go back and do another 1.5 hour block of non-distracted deep flow work. And then that leaves us to about 1 p.m. And at about 2 to 3 p.m., my brain really shuts down. I don't have any social energy left. I don't really want to take any phone calls. I don't want to do any meetings. I want to create space for my body. So I'll do another session of breath work, maybe some yoga. And I find that this process... I can get so much more done in three hours of focused, non-distracted, deep flow work than I could possibly hope to achieve through eight to 10 hours of meandering, slightly distracted, doing work because I think I have to, because I have productivity angst centered around our capitalistic structures that equate our moral value with the capitalistic output we can achieve. No. I say no. I am rebelling and I am doing that by flowing with how I feel, finding my own rhythm, devoting myself to finding my own process and then going deep within that process. It's a process of figuring out how to achieve more by doing less. This creates more time to engage my curiosity, capture new information, connect, connect dots and allow them to sift into place because my brain does its best thinking when I let go of the reins and let it, let it do what it wants to do. Like forcing ideas to come up doesn't work, but our brains are generative machines and they generate ideas and connections through the collection of experiences, using your senses to engage with the world around you, getting a little bit of novelty and diversity within that process, and then giving my brain the space to make those dots. If I am trying to force my brain to make connections, it says no. Whereas if I just give it that space and freedom to do so, it will give me the goods. That's a process of action as well, because too much information and not enough action creates doubt and overwhelm and paradox of choice. You don't want to let information outpace execution. Through execution, we actually learn more information. We learn more about the process it's just about taking the next step and the next step and trusting that all of those steps will lead you to a place that resembles some kind of clarity, right? The process of doing what you want, the process of building your own life, it's challenging because you have to unlearn a lot of societal programming around when you should be productive and what that productivity looks like. And then the guilt and the shame gets in the way because it's 3 p.m. and, oh, other people are at work right now. Yeah, because they have to be. 
if you are creating your own life in your own space, then you do not have to be productive at 3 p.m. You can do it whenever you want to do it. You can march to the beat of your own drum. And that's exciting, but with it comes a responsibility of figuring out how you operate and the parameters in which you operate well. You know, that's what routine is to me, is the gentle installation of parameters that help to more effectively guide your energy and your decision-making. When you get the juice, though, squeeze it. Sometimes I'll have a day where I just slip into this flow state and I can work for 10, 12 hours barely even blinking. On those days, when I have that inspiration, I will sprint. And then I will rest and I will recover. Sprint, rest, recover. Sprint, rest, recover. And I will get more done in that sprint than I could possibly hope to achieve if I just am trundling through haziness and brain fog and a lack of desire and ambition and motivation. So identifying those moments where you are really entering some kind of peak flow and capitalizing on those big time because that's another point of leverage. The more points of leverage that we can identify within our own physiology, within our own mentalities, within our own processes and rhythms, the more effective we can be with what we're doing. Because I got over getting to 4 p.m. feeling like I had worked all day but didn't have anything to show for it. Whereas if I could strip back those hours and say, all right, here's a challenge. I want you to work for just four hours tomorrow. I, without fail, find that those four hours lend themselves to so much more output and quality output than the working that is inspired or motivated by guilt and shame. We want to be coming at this from a place of abundance, from a place of love, from a place of compassion, from a place of excitement and if your excitement isn't there and you're having an off day, then let yourself have an off day. You can come back at it tomorrow. But giving yourself the space to go and restore and rejuvenate and relax will contribute to the process in a more tangible and helpful way than forcing yourself through. So this episode is going to be one of several in which we talk about rolling the bones, um, becoming independent, finding that place of sustainable, compassionate monetization and capitalization. It's going to be a process of making decisions, creating momentum, finding mentors, disregarding opinions, creating space for that which ignites us, the process of devotion, embracing stress and harnessing it for performance, cultivating clarity, capturing our ideas through expression, being more effective with where our attention goes, diving into intrinsic rewards and how that is an infinite place of dopaminergic motivation, intention versus expectation, the power of being underestimated, seeking external validation and how to abandon that, and the processes of endgame visualization versus next step visualization and what manifestation actually means when it comes to business. We also want to find out what all of this busyness is for. Because if we find ourselves acting for the sake of something without ever really getting to what that something is, then we lose clarity and purpose and direction and intention. And that's when what you're doing becomes stressful and not as enjoyable. And we want to enjoy it. We want to enjoy the stress that comes with creating your own path because there will be stress. And if you do create your own path, if there is any measure of success within what you're doing, it will bring with it a host of other complications that you didn't get into business to do, but you, know, you must deal with. 
And from there, it's a process of figuring out what to eliminate, what to automate, and what to delegate so that you can keep your head where it is most effective. That is where infinite potential is found. So thank you for being here with me today. I hope that you found some measure of helpfulness within this. Uh, I mostly just talked about myself for the first, I don't know, 20 minutes. But as of next week, I will be moving into my new house. I will be pumping out content on an astronomical level. And I can't wait to have you there. I cannot wait to be doing this with you. I've also got some other exciting things in the process, things that I've been planting seeds in the garden for all year. Much of that has to do with uh, Patreon and bulk content and as much value as I can possibly put out into the universe because that is where my intrinsic reward comes from. It is enjoyable. It is deeply satisfying. It is invigorating. It is exciting. And we can plant these seeds together, open up space for collaboration, and work together to help each other to achieve great things, utilizing the wonderful technological tools we have at our disposal and the infinite leverage that they grant us. So, I love you. I'll speak to you soon. This is the first podcast of two that will be released this week to make up for my absence over the last couple weeks. If you enjoy today's episode, what the heck, firstly. Secondly, please leave me a review. They go a long way towards getting the show off the ground. And it's only up from here, my friends. Have a good day. Bye.